0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Talk, big opinions, the panel.
1: Talk, talk, then talk to me, yeah.
0: It's panel time this morning and we're chock full of quality with uh, Guy Havelt and Hugh Baynon this morning and uh, we couldn't get uh, over to Wales uh, to get hold of Xavier Rush this morning so we've gone to Hugh Baynon, of course with Welsh descent running through his veins very proudly as well. Uh, Hugh, good morning to you. What are you expecting this weekend from what we are told is a slightly understrength Welsh side? Yeah,
1: morning Smithy. morning everyone. Um... I'm expecting what I've come to expect in my 33 years on this planet, and that is uh, 60 minutes of a close game of rugby, followed by 20 minutes of All Blacks dominance, and a a win for the All Blacks. My old man will be in the stands at the best rugby stadium on earth. He was born in 1958. He has never seen Wales beat the All Blacks. Um, So I will be waking up early and watching and hoping for his sake that they do. I think they will. Uh, By my count, and what my selection would be, seven of the starting 15 aren't available, plus another 13 potential squad members. Um, But Alan Wynne-Jones is there, all right? Alan Wynne-Jones is there. Mm -hmm. He's going to run out onto an international rugby field for the 161st time. Phenomenal achievement. Surely, surely sometime in this giant of a man's career, he will beat the All-Blacks in (laughs) a Welsh jersey. He's done it in the Lions jersey. Surely he'll do it in a Welsh jersey.
0: So they'll turn up with that usual level of optimism, your father and all his cohorts uh, into that magnificent stadium, and it is, I promise you that, folks, Um, and they'll turn up with that optimism and and the the feeling will be there, the atmosphere will be there, Hugh?
1: Oh, mate, the the bellies will be full, the cups will be flowing, the voices will be loud, (laughs) the singing will be thunderous. Um, the rugby might not go their way, but that's fine. You know, what? what's a good thing from a competitive point of view is it's coming off the back of a pretty uncompetitive game. So they're going to look really competitive, <laughs> given what we saw last week. I didn't mind last week at all. I'm not knocking last week at all. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think it'll be a good game of rugby. You know, Wales always bring that. It sounds like we say that every time anyone plays Wales, they bring a huge amount of passion to a game. They're very good mm-hmm. rugby players. Um, I think it's going to be a good game, but I see the all Blacks winning.
0: How many points is passion worth, Guy Havelt?
2: Yeah, morning, morning, Smithy. Morning, Hugh. Morning, everyone. Uh, look, I, I, I kind of echo what Hugh's saying. I, I hear a lot of people saying that it's going to be a one-sided route again. Maybe not. Well, hopefully not as bad. As, definitely not as bad as last week. Um, but I, I don't think it will be totally one-sided. I think I think Hugh's bang on. I think it'll probably be quite close to sixty minutes. Uh, And then as we often see with the All Blacks When they make changes Their depth is is relatively strong Or strong enough anyway That they can bring people off the bench And and be as strong as they were um, You know with the starting 15 So yeah I'm expecting an All Blacks win I would say it'll probably be somewhere between You know 10 to 20 points or something like that Uh, So relatively comfortable in the end But uh, I I think it'll be close for, for the best part of the majority of it anyway Wales And it's a cliche, but it's true. Wales always turn up against the All Blacks, or more than often anyway, always turn up against the All Blacks playing at home at Millennium Stadium. uh, I don't see it being any different, despite the fact that they're under strength.
0: Okay, then. Guy have held closer to home. Uh, We've just been speaking to the Canterbury co coach, uh, Mark Brown. Will Canterbury turn up against Tasman this weekend? What's your read on the situation down there?
2: Well, I actually found, I just listened to your interview with him, and, and I don't know, maybe I was the only one thinking this, but, but when he spoke about how they split the jobs between him and, and Reuben Thorne, to me, it, it kind of seemed like he wasn't entirely sure if that was the right thing to be doing, or certainly mm-hmm. it, it, maybe he, 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 it sounded like, and I don't know, this might be unfair to him, but it sounded like he was coming across as if it he knew it wasn't working and that they needed to change something. Uh, look, Canterbury have been very disappointing this season overall. Uh, I know he was saying, and he's right, that you know, they are factually only a couple of points or a point outside the semi-finals. But, um, you know, this is a Canterbury team that has won however many provincial titles it's been over the last decade uh, and they, they should be in the semi-final that's just a fact of it yeah the squad is, is, is quite different to what it has been uh, but, but when it comes to Canterbury and it comes to the depth that they've had in Canterbury rugby for so long uh, this this really shouldn't be happening um, and that comes from a Cantabrian who's, who's quite passionate in terms of Canterbury sport and that sort of thing. Uh, so it is disappointing to see. However, I will, I will admit, and I think I said this on your show a couple of weeks ago, I don't watch a lot of provincial rugby anymore. Uh, I, 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 and I'm, I'm very different to Hugh in this. Uh, I, I struggle with getting up for it. Uh, there's a lot of other rugby going on in the world that, that that I take that takes priority because there is so much rugby that I can't watch at all. Uh, and so provincial rugby for me takes a little bit of a little bit of a side seat. If Canterbury were going then maybe I'd watch it more, I don't know.
0: Would you watch the twelves then, Guy? Would you watch the twelves? It appears <laughs> they won't be watching them shortly.
2: Thank goodness World Rugby has taken a start, Smithy. Thank goodness. Goodness, they've taken the stance. Why? I, I, as I said, there's just so much rugby going on, and rugby has far bigger issues at play than, than introducing another competition with uh, a, a slight difference in the number of players and the slight difference in the duration of the matches. Um, and, and fortunately, I see that that World Rugby has said that they are focused on uh getting a a global calendar that works for everyone now they've been saying that for years uh so maybe i shouldn't get too excited about it but that is the biggest problem i think for world rugby at the moment is getting a calendar that suits everyone so that we don't have understrength sides coming up against uh the best teams in the world on occasion because that just ruins things i know COVID has had a lot to do with that in, in some regards but when it comes to football how often do you see uh, you know the likes of Brazil, Portugal, England, whoever it might be trotting out their second string teams because the calendars just don't, don't pan out how they should um, I think that's the big problem with world, for world rugby at the moment, and if they do live up to what they 're saying then then that'll be great because that is that's what they need to focus on
0: okay you uh, what, what's your take on on the twelves there were you um, getting excited about it, do you think it's going to die a natural death? I, I see too many very powerful personalities behind this as, as recently as uh, Kieran Reid the other day.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere soon um, in both senses of that sentence I, obviously World Rugby have mixed it for now uh, I'll qualify kind of that coming from a stance now where I do work in a sport, sport administration a bit. we're living in times where it's pretty hard to get anything off the ground right now given the state of the world, mm. the state of travel, the state of funding state of sponsorship, I'm sure that's played a part in it as well. I can see those powerful people trying again for the next few years for sure. Was I excited? No. I'm the same as Guy. Uh, so much rugby already for Guy. It's provincial rugby that's gone by over the wayside. So for me, I don't really watch super rugby. I watch provincial rugby, international rugby. Um, there's just so much, you know, <laughs> like, like Guy said. in there's sevens as well. We already have a shortened format of the game. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't overly excited. Uh, when I saw the news today, I was like, eh, fine. You know, I wasn't. I was, probably wasn't going to
0: watch it but I'm fine either way. OK, right. On that subject of uh, news, fellas, uh, Guy Havel, Hugh Bainan with us. Uh, we'll just take a short break. When we come back, a couple of uh, very interesting issues uh, in the world uh, of sport uh, that um, mix a wee bit with politics as well. Love your thoughts on that. Talk Big Opinions, the panel.
1: Talk, talk, talk to me.
0: Hugh Bain and Guy Havelt are members of the panel this morning. Uh, now, Guy, if you were working uh, for the SABC in Johannesburg at the moment, I would imagine one of your lead stories uh, would be about this Quinton de Kock situation, South African cricket and the South African government. Um, what is your take on this? Uh, it's nothing apart from
2: ugly for me. Uh, that's a perfect word for it. It's ugly, it's, it's extraordinary what's really played out in the last 24 to 48 hours around one of, if not the best players in their squad at the moment. Uh, he can, and particularly when it comes to limited cricket, this guy can can change a game on its head but obviously there are bigger issues at play here. Uh, I'm I'm torn between two parts of thinking in, in this. Um, I there is no place for racism at all in any sport in any part of life whatsoever uh, and and any kind of um, protest or any kind of um, action or whatever it might be to try and raise awareness to that and to try and and help the fight against racism I applaud in saying that though, I, don't, I you know how how can you force someone to do something that's I don't know, they don't want to do or that they maybe, you know, we haven't heard it from Quentin de Kock. I don't know what his side of the story is. Maybe he wanted to protest or or take a different stance in, in, against racism. Uh, maybe he he had some other way of doing it. Um, I I do struggle with, with forcing people to do something um, that even not necessarily they don't want to do, but you're just telling them that they have to do something Even if it comes to something like this, I just don't think that that's the right thing to do. There are other ways this could have been done. I see that half the team, um, when they first did it during this tournament, half of them were kneeling and half of them were standing up. So there's clearly some sort of divide in the team, I think, if we're just reading from that. Uh, And I think there are bigger issues at play here. It's sad, absolutely it's sad, and and it's a a huge issue. Uh, And it's still the end of, of one of... South Africa, great one of uh, his career because how's he going to play for
0: that team again at the moment? Mm, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what you uh, we first saw this. Really, it really came to prominence with uh, Colin Kaepernick, of course, from the San Francisco Forty Nineers, uh, with his display, and and this sort of taking the knee trend has followed on since then. But we have seen it a lot in the NBA, haven't we? And we've seen it um, also on the back of, jersey, of of playing vests. We've seen it um, displayed all over the place in the NBA. Probably the the uh, code uh, and the competition that we've seen it the most in. So, what what is your what is your take on that, bearing that in mind?
1: Yeah, we've seen a lot around American sport. You're right, and you remember how vilified Captain was at the start. Uh, when he first did it by, by a large portion of media society, the NFL itself, the owners, everything, lost his job, never got back into the league um, to how it is now revered today in such a short time. Um, around Quentin de clock, I, I do agree with God there's a better way of going about it than just forcing all your players to do it. Having said that, I also find it a weird hill to die on for Quentin de clock to be like, you know, we all have jobs, we all get told what to do by our bosses, um, on the long list of things you get told to do by your bosses, making a stand against racial equality seems like a fine one that I'm not gonna, you know, jeopardise my whole yeah. career to protest against. So mm-hmm. find it a weird field to die on, a few red flags maybe about Clinton the top. Is that unfair? I don't know. Has he jeopardised his team's performance in this World Cup? Of course he has. So yeah, certainly I think there's a lot more to come in this story over the next few weeks and months.
0: Yeah, I think there is too, Um, and I I don't think he'll play again. Uh, That's my immediate take on this, is Mm. I I don't think he'll play again. I mean, he has to give a lot of ground for me. Yeah, exactly. How how, how can he line
2: up for that team amongst amongst, um, guys who are taking the knee, and and some who I'm sure feel very passionately about it, and then he's gone and done this? How can he possibly Mm. play alongside those people in this tournament at least again? I'm with you, I don't think he can.
0: I think one of the most diplomatic displays I've seen is actually out of their captain, Bavuma. I think his quotes in there have been quite uh, outstanding uh, around the whole deal. Uh, let's stay on the cricket theme for just a second, Guy. Um, Black Caps are almost in a playoff situation here and, and only in game two of the competition. It's a weird sort of a draw, isn't it, when you come to that? But uh, what do you make of this and, and where have they got a lift?
2: Uh, well, they've got a lift in the batting. Uh, the batting and the death bowling, I think, are two places that they've particularly got a lift. Look, I, I did feel for them a little bit in the sense that they didn't have a Lockie Ferguson and then they weren't allowed to have Adam Milne, which I thought was, was very perplexing, particularly when Milne was uh, confirmed as the replacement by the ICC or approved by the the replacement of the by the ICC about half an hour after the game finished. So I thought that was a little bit odd. Uh, so they missed, they missed one of those two guys, so having one of them back will be... Will be helpful, but the batting has to be better. Look, I'm not ruling them out. Uh, they've beaten India in, in this sort of situation and in the 50 over World Cup, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, they're the type of team that can lift. They they do have to lift. And saying that, they weren't enormously off against Pakistan, but they weren't drastically bad. There were just moments where I think they were they were slightly disappointing, and, and, and the game the game fell away from them, and, and that was. Parts of the batting and, and then also, as I say, the death bowling. So if they can improve those two things, I'm not ruling them out of this. And, and imagine if they did beat India again and India missed out on making the semifinals of the T20 World Cup. That would be huge. Uh, and there would be enormous questions asked of that Indian side, that's for sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not expecting them to win, but, yeah, I'm hopeful that they can, that they can get it done.
0: Richie or Bodie for you Guy Haveld, I mean I can't think of uh, if you weren't allowed to play at home you weren't able to play on your home patch for your 100th test match. I can't think of uh, a much more passionate um, and receptive uh, rugby audience to run out in front of uh, than uh, Wales and, and uh, the Millennium Stadium. So for you Guy Haveld would you start Richie would you start Bodie?
2: Oh, Smithy, it's a great question. Do you give a guy uh, <laughs> the starting jersey just because it's his 100th game, or do you pick the best possible team? Professional sport, I think you would have picked the best possible team. Uh, he'll get his 100th cap, he would have played 100 games for the All Blacks. If you think Rich Mawonga is your best first five and the best way of winning the game, you pick Rich Mollinger, don't you? I mean, think it's a, it's a tough one on in, but uh, he's given so much service to the All Blacks in New Zealand rugby, but it's professional sport. You can't. You can't. You can't sit here and just just want it for fairy tales. He gets paid enough money. He'll get his hundred cap um, If they think Richie's the
0: best, who's for Richie? Well, it's, there's two ways to look at. it I suppose um, Hugh in, in terms of that, you can you can say uh, he can lead him out um, and get the acknowledgement there. Yeah. Um, and then you can say he's going to come off the bench by himself, maybe at the thirty-minute mark, and he'll get the accolades then as well. Um, but um, I- I'm not sure. Is he, is, it, is the 10 jersey, hue for you that clear cut, for instance? I mean, does he not deserve to start anyway?
1: First of all, I don't weep for the All Blacks for this selection, because this particular selection headaches um <laughs> between Richie and, <laughs> and Bodie. For me, Bowden starts because I think Bowden's a bit at 10. Richie Morong is a phenomenal i don't get me wrong. Like I say, that potentially potentially the two best fives in the world. Uh, for me, it's Bowden, and always has Bowden. Um, So I'd like to see him start on top of that. He gets the run out first and, and, you know, receive the accolades of 78,000 Dorian rugby fans. So uh, also a shout-out to Johnny Sexton, you know, another fantastic Five who's playing his 100th test this weekend for Ireland. So two wild-class 35s going to notch up a ton, which is great.
0: Uh, Can I just ask you, Hugh, now that we're getting some basketball and uh, Kyrie Irving and uh, Ben Simmons have just taken a little bit of a seat backwards further... Uh, I, I just wonder, what, what have you noticed? I mean, it's very early, long, long season. Have you, what have you noticed about uh, anything so far that's caught your eye?
1: Well, first of all, the Lakers winning without LeBron was interesting. Uh, losing with him, winning without him. I'm a huge LeBron James fan. I think the Lakers will come right. Certainly will come right. Um, what else have we seen that's caught my eye? The Bucks are going to good. The Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls I are mean, just a really fun team to watch With a great year. You know, I, I can see them going really deep in the, in the East as well. Ben Simmons has got to get out of there. We touched on this last week, I think. He's got to get out of there, and I think he will It's a case of where he goes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with all, all the eyes on the Lakers and the Nets, uh, currently having some extra, contrasting seasons, uh, there's also been a couple of Australians who are standing out, right? Paddy Mills, $8 million a year, which is a steal in NBA terms, um, has been phenomenal. And young Josh Giddey for the, uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, who played in the Australian NBL last year against the Breakers, has been is having a great rookie season so far. So, yeah, really enjoying sitting down and watching the NBA. It's just so good to have fans back in the arenas.
0: What about the World Series? Astros dropping Game 1 yesterday, uh, Hugh. Um, what about today? I mean, if uh, not, very, not very often you come back when you lose the first two at home, I wouldn't imagine.
1: No, and I'm just... I don't know about you, Smithy, and other baseball fans... Uh, I just don't know how an Astros World Series win would go down with, uh, given, <laughs> given their recent history of winning and then being found to be cheating. And uh, the, one of the storylines in all of sport over the last five years is that whole Astros scandal. Um, if the Braves get this one, I think they win the World Series. And, and a historic franchise like the Braves, I think it'd be pretty cool to see them win.
0: Okay, you, Bainon, and Guy Havelt were our panelists this morning, and uh, a number of issues we. We uh, mulled over there, and uh, it was fantastic. So, fellas, thank you very much for taking part. Uh, We'll have another one tomorrow morning, uh, around about uh, uh, 10.20 on Friday, our last one for the week.